Over 100 years ago, generations ago, a small village paid tribute to a powerful neighbor in a ceremony that's origins have been mostly lost to time and short, feeble human memory. Some years ago, a young farm girl followed the voice of windswept Tamiris, and several weeks ago was reminded of her home. A few days ago, the remnants of the annual festival were resurrected in the small village, and following a brave ranger night, the village was reminded of its neighbor. And yesterday, a disorganized and scattered person put these thoughts to a coffee-stained piece of paper. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm that disorganized person holding that paper with coffee rings. And with me today are our host, Kat, who is, runs our game. Kirsten Trivia, every piece of paper she owns eventually becomes coffee stained. It is inevitable. It is. It's like entropy. Coffee-based entropy. <laughs> also with us today is Nick. Hello. And Kathleen. Cafentropy. <laughs> Ooh, Cafentropy. I like it. Yeah. Well, cafe trophy is what you actually do. You're a cafe trough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And for Christmas, I'm getting her a cafe trough. <laughs> oh. Useful. Just just get her one of those camelback uh, things that she can just like fill with coffee and just stick the hose in her mouth. So that way she can have coffee all day. Sounds legit. Yeah. Have you not seen those things? They're like hiking mm-hmm. backpacks for water. Oh, oh yeah. I've seen them. I've I've seen them. Just it sounds like a legit way to get. That I would do coffee. Yeah. Like, the amount of time we've spent at music festivals, I think it's safe to say we have more experience with those than we do with water bottles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying they're for water, but you can put anything on them that you want. Mm. True. (laughs) This is is true. Oh, I guess I have to do stuff now, huh? Yeah, it's your turn now. Sorry. I was just going to sit back and drink. So... You guys are walking back to the village of Northridge. Everybody knows the way, except Fulquin, who is sticking relatively close to Rada, following, but falling behind a little bit. Quiet. Daybreak is alternately leading the way and falling back to the middle of the pack. Looking all around, this is extremely familiar territory to them. And Rada has taken relatively few shots at Penelope and is mostly trying to coax Fulquin into quiet conversations. What is it like being Cobb, Tissa, and Penelope on the road? Mm. Tissa has a hard time walking on the road because there are just, like, things to look at. It's like she wants to stop and check out this grass or this plant or if it's walking time like hop up on the wall or scramble up on the wall and find out like no actually it's not traversable nuts (laughs) that sort of thing because there's no pressing concern so really like there's no rush right Mm -hmm. right i'd say penelope is trying to just going through in in her head what she's going to say to people when she gets back about the uh, whole history of the festival and resurrecting the actual full meaning of it again to prevent the animal thefts. Um, she's trying to formulate it in the most 
elegant speech she can think of. Which isn't super elegant, but she's trying. Cobb is probably just being kind of like silently grumpy. Is he grumpy that we didn't get to kill anything? Uh, no, he's just kind of grumpy in general. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> he's He's been thinking over the last couple of, of adventures and just being kind of like, how come we always got to put up with these people? And by people, I guess he means dragons and demons who aren't technically people, but... <laughs> like, we don't really have a better word for it. Yeah. Entities is a little impersonal. Mm, it is. <laughs> okay. So there's actually something I'd like to test out that I'm looking at incorporating into the game. Okay. I would like you guys to make a pure stat roll on one of your stats. Any stat? Any stat. In this case, uh, you're looking to beat one. Uh, Cobb's going to roll adaptability because it seems like this is probably a good place for adaptability right now. Okay. Mm. Penelope's going to roll daring because that's pretty much... Any unknown situation, that's pretty much how she mostly goes. It's just mm, going to go for it. So, Kathleen is going to roll understanding because it's Tissa's highest stat. And Kathleen is a dirty metagamer. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Honestly. Well, Tissa can't really roll dice, unfortunately. <laughs> so Kathleen has to roll dice for Tissa. Like, listen to the first episode and like, I forget what it was you said, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see how it'd be now. <laughs> like, this is far from the depths of your metagaming. I'm used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> I got no successes, despite having four dice to roll. That's okay. Cobb got one success and two edge successes. Okay. And Tissa got one success. So, um, I'm trying to incorporate a mechanic that I refer to as discovery rules which is when you're on the road, you can roll one of your stats to see if you find something. Hmm. And for adaptability, that something is something useful. So I think what happens is as you guys are walking through the forest and the forest is beginning to thin, you come across a tree. A large one with broad spreading branches. And by now, those of you who are on foot are maybe beginning to tire. Probably not Cobb. Probably it takes a while for Cobb to get tired. Cobb is a big boy. But a tree with broad spreading branches that are heavy with round golden fruit. It sits in a spotlight of sun amid the crowded forest. Mm. There's a clearing around it. Several of the fruit have already begun to fall to the earth. Hmm. This looks like a nice spot. So the, the forest is starting to thin out. Is this sort of like the edge of the old growth zone? Or does it look extra unusual? Or um, Tell me about the ecology situation. The ecology situation is it's just on the edge of that sparse old growth area. And if you look around you, you can see a couple more of these trees scattered through, mm-hmm. mostly in this particular zone. Okay. This seems to be where the forest is thin enough to allow them to thrive. There is a sour, peculiarly floral aroma floating around. Mm. Cobb is going to sort of like stare over at the tree uh, 
and just, you know, call back to the group. Why don't we take a break for a bit? I think some of us may need it. Mm, that sounds good. What is this? Fulquin looks up from her her quiet reverie and says, Oh, tree eggs. <laughs> and Daybreak walks over. Daybreak walks quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally their joints move a little unusually <laughs> because they're not bound by a human skeleton when they don't feel they need to be. Right. And they kind of hurry to the tree and melts back into their serpentine form to slide up into the branches. I don't usually eat this, they say, but, I mean, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Are they edible to humans? Uh, I think so. Cobb will find a, one of the fruits that's either easy to get on the tree or already on the ground, kind of brush it off and take a bite. Yeah, and it has a tart taste and kind of a juicy, pulpy texture. Similar to like a young mango, but slightly floral as well. It's not like an orange. Cobb didn't just bite through a giant rind, did he? He didn't, no. Although the rind of it is kind of unpleasantly tough. Mm. You'd probably be better off peeling it in future, but just because it was Cobb who made this roll, I've decided that this is kind of an acidic fruit. Good enough. It doesn't taste like scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) Yar. Well, it doesn't taste toxic. Poisonous. Not bad. Penelope's going to also grab one. You might want to try and peel them first, though. Oh, okay. Rado kind of rides Gem under one of the branches and reaches up and swings up into the tree as well. Yeah, these are edible. I eat these from time to time. Hmm. You really don't know much about what's past the village, do you, Penelope? No, I haven't really explored much in in this forest. Hmm. Which is odd. You'd think I'd would have, but just never seemed to. Yeah, you always were kind of a homebody. True. But and they kind of hang down a little bit like a kid on a balance beam. But you know, sometimes the things your home needs aren't in home already. That's why they need them. Mm. So you want us to take some of these back then? Yeah. Rada shrugs. I'm like, I'm just Making fun of Penelope for being a homebody. Yeah, well, is is making metaphors too, mm. and what? I mean, is, is, Penelope, your friends you are weird. Penelope grabs a few other of the fruits and puts them in her bag. Rada tosses one down to Fulquin, who gives a little chuckle and says, "Ha ha, tree eggs," and sets about kind of fumbling with the peel. Cobb grabs like a bunch and puts them in, I guess, like a knapsack. I don't think his bandana is big enough for him to actually use to, like, hold a bunch of them. But he's, he's got, like, a knapsack or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's something you said when we started out, that Cobb's kind of always got a bag. Yeah. Carrying stuff. I mean, loot. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got to have his pirate bag, his loot, his loot bag. And um, with an understanding role, what Tissa discovers is something relevant. Oh. So... Tissa goes to sit down and finds a great smooth, I I would say it's a pillar, but it's not very tall, uh, kind of a road marker, uh, about like what we would recognize as about the height of a fire hydrant, maybe. And it's made of stone and covered in a thick layer of moss, and uh, the earth is coming up much further on it 
than it used to. But upon closer inspection, it shows the carved image of a dragon, of a serpent winding in coils around it. Oh, is this you? Huh. And daybreak slithers down from the tree, shakes the leaves out of their bright red mane. Oh, oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I used to meet somebody here. I'd meet somebody here, and we'd go into the village together, and they'd feed me. Oh, neat. It's been forever. Huh. It's been ages. Do you remember who they were? It wasn't always the same person. Mm. It was usually somebody with, like, a flower crown and, like, like flowers and stuff on their clothes and stuff. Oh. Tom just kind of like turns to look at Penelope. <laughs> festival queen. Mm. Yeah, that was it. The festival whoever. Well, huh. There's, there's, what a crazy random happenstance. I I am the the leader of the festival this year. And like a big grin spreads across their crocodile mouth. They say, well, then your job's to feed me. <laughs> ah. Yes, we are going to arrange that. But for right now, I hope you're enjoying the fruits. I, they remind me of something that I had closer to the, the tropics. I didn't know there were such fruits that grew in this more north area. There's all kinds of surprising stuff up here, Penelope. And Rada kind of sits back up and disappears into the branches again. Hmm. Well, you look at you look at that tree, and you see that it's really high up. So, but all of the fruit is falling down. And you look, you look there and there, and they're all. It's all more trees like that near here, bit by bit. So, this one is supposed to get eaten by something that just wanders along. Hmm. The the fruit. Um. It tastes the way that it does, and it's the shape the way that it does because of who eats it. Uh, as you ask this, you see Jem and Pollyanna reaching their necks up and snatching these fruit from the tree. Yeah, see? See, you have to be tall. Oh. It's like... um there were all of those little birds that were buzzing around in our previous stop mm -hmm. with really long, thin flowers. And all of the birds were long and thin beaks. Hmm. So, like, the organisms that eat the fruit, there's, like, a relationship between the organisms that eat the fruit and the trees that grow the fruit. Yeah. Huh. I think. I mean, they're kind of like, Tissa makes a gesture with like her fingers sort of interlacing with each other. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Cer uh, certain animals can only eat certain things and it's sort of like the grass and the, the cows kind of have to grow together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one success and two edges on daring spirits directed to daybreak. Do you have to eat or do you just like doing that? 
I have to eat, but not that often. Okay. Mm. I don't have to eat all the time like you guys mm-hmm. do, but I do sometimes have to eat. Ugh, that'd be useful. Mm. I mean, it's a pain when I do. Food is stupid. <laughs> I'm not just saying that as somebody who had gallbladder problems. Yeah, this is true. I think if anyone is justified in bearing a grudge against the concept of eating. So I think eventually you guys pack up and pack up some more fruit for the road or for the ship or for some kind of horrendous pie and gather yourselves up and make your way back to Northridge. As we're making our way to Northridge, are we like encountering anybody like? Yes. There are people from neighboring villages. Mm hmm are on their way into Northridge for day two of the festival. It's kind of long been a draw for at least uh, the immediate area. Mm-hmm. So people from neighboring villages will pop in, taste some ciders, have a dance or two. Hmm. You see merchants proud of their own produce grown in places you can't see from here. Tissa is having a really hard time not just like blurting out to every random passerby. Hi, hi. We found out the reason that it's called that, that it's called the Dragon Festival because we found the dragon. <laughs> She's not doing that, but like every bit of her body language can like is sort of demonstrating that she desperately, desperately wants to. <laughs> so... You guys get back to the simple wooden arch that marks the entrance to Northridge. There's a sign that says, Welcome to Northridge. It's uh, very clearly handmade and painted long enough ago that the paint is coming away from it in chunks. And someone should probably repaint it, they keep saying. Mm. And under the sign, there are two people deep in conversation an older woman next to a spectacular horse and a tall, heavy-set older man. And these are Mayor Jeff and Mr. Gregory Hunter. Hmm. Um. And Mayor Jeff looks up from her conversation and sees you all on the road and gives you a, gives you a wave. Hello. Kind of a hurry-up gesture, like... Penelope, Penelope, darling, you do realize that you're needed to do very many official duties today. (laughs) I, I do, I do, um, but, uh, it, there was a, a pressing matter that ended up arising, and, um, I have some very important news about the festival. Tissa's, like, bouncing on the balls (laughs) of her feet. (laughs) Oh, Tissa. Um... So I have, I have discovered the history of the festival and also the guest of honor. And I kind of motion to Daybreak. Daybreak waves and gives a big toothy grin. And you can tell that they haven't really bothered to shapeshift their teeth <laughs> into uh, the shape that people's teeth would have. Both Mayor Jeff and uh, your father just kind of Blink. And Rod is like, yeah, it's a real dragon. (laughs) (laughs) 
they're apparently what's been going on with all of the, uh, the the goats and what have you. And as it turns out, I guess they were just hungry. Yes. Yeah. 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 We we we, we thought that there were whores, and then these two and ran off to see if there were whores, and we didn't want them to get killed, so we had to run off too. But um, it, it was weird because whores don't don't like eat. And and yeah, we found this one. Daybreak waves again. This time you can tell they haven't fully shapeshifted their nails either. <laughs> this is Daybreak. Daybreak uh, long ago would come during the Dragon Festival and we had a special meal prepared for them um, and they were the guest of honor. I don't know a lot of the specifics being is apparently this has been forgotten over time, but um, I said I would uh, um, bring them here and introduce them, and we would bring back the festival to its former days. Huh. Mayor Jeff is just kind of looking at you guys, and uh, Jeff's mayor is also looking at you guys. Your father, you can see the wheels spinning. It's that look he gets when he's always thinking, and he, he begins to nod, just I see, I see. Golden Dragon Festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. I know. I was like, now I see. Penelope. Yes? Have you just undertaken historical research? Uh, I, I guess so. Turns out it's different than I thought it would be. He, he wipes away a tear but says nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And so it is late afternoon and everybody is ushered back to the town square where the festival is in full swing. There is a band playing a cheerful dance number and there are people who have already had too many ciders whirling and kicking and there are lights already beginning to be lit even though the sky shows no sign of darkening just yet. There are prize livestock being paraded with their ribbons. There is a pie-eating contest. Sorry, a pie contest sorely in need of a judge mm. whose judge has vanished. It can be both if you try hard enough, Penelope. <laughs> it can be both if you try hard enough. So now my question for you guys is, what manner of contests are at this festival? That Cobb, Tissa, and Penelope are participating in. Ooh. Cobb is obviously going to be participating in one of the farmhand, like, throw the most bales of hay or something else like that. Something where he can just go and throw heavy things around and not have to deal with all of this politics shenanigans. Hell yeah, that's our Cobb. So my question for you is, what kind of role is this? As if I don't know, pretend I don't know what kind of role you're proposing. (laughs) <laughs> For everyone out there who doesn't know, this is going to be daring athletics. Mm. Okay. Yeah, give us a roll. Uh, three successes. Okay. Let me just roll. So, the older of Penelope's two brothers, Jules, is also participating. And he makes a good showing for a boy his size. He does not catch up with Cobb, that is for sure. But among the boys of the village, he does pretty well for himself. And... Simon and Abby are 
cheering, shrieking their support <laughs> for him. You can even you can hear uh, Mrs. Samantha Hunter from her stall on the other end of the square. <laughs> hey, that's our tools. He does an okay job. He does an okay job, but they are they are also cheering for their guest. And a little Simon in particular is just over the moon at how much work you're capable of doing. <laughs> and Fulquin has decided also to set politics aside and cheer for you. And she seems very excited at the tremendous feat of strength. And I mean, I didn't roll anything better than that. So Cobb definitely comes home with a blue ribbon for just sheer manual labor. Good job, Cobb. It's been a while since I've worked out that hard. Cobb kind of like sits down and is like wiping the sweat from his brow. I think Fulquin offers you a cider. <laughs> I think she scurries off to get you a cider. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely something Cobb probably had to like take what little of his shirt off that he still wears. <laughs> so that way he doesn't just completely soak it. It's been a while since I had to do that kind of thing. Did you used to? Hmm. Uh, do you not anymore? Everybody around here has to do what they can. Mm-hmm. It's farm life. Yeah. But nowadays they don't let me work much. Mm. Why? And as she's on her way over with the cider, Rada snatches it and gives it to Cobb for her. <laughs> do you get to do other things instead? I never got to travel this far before. Mm. So there are other things I get to do. But anyway, good job. What kind of contest is Tissa participating in? Uh, I don't know if Tissa... Tissa doesn't have a competitive spirit, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, if, if she ends up in a contest, it is entirely accidental and unintended. Um, but she, Which is still good. <laughs> she definitely wants to dance, though. Like... And, it, and she doesn't have any skills related to dancing, but she does want to dance. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know how to spin a scene out of that. I am just imagining Tissa like gets caught up in some sort of like quilting competition where everybody gets very, <laughs> very enthralled by her myriads of scarves. <laughs> okay, let's run with that. Yeah. Okay. So there's definitely a. A point where some of the best needleworkers in the village are showing off their masterpieces and there are delicately embroidered aprons and handwoven garments. And of course, yeah, a magnificent quilt mm. that was the work of at least five years and at least ten people. Oh, wow. All of whom are present and all of whom are tremendously proud. And one of them, a stout older lady with extremely delicate hands, kind of takes a look not at the scarves Tissa is wearing, but at the fragment tied to her spear. And is just, without questions, just minutely examining the weave. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, do you want to see this one better? It uh, came it came from wait. a demon. It, it what? Um 
It came from a, it is a demon? I'm actually not sure kind of what the, like, ontologic, no, Tissa doesn't know what the word ontological is. That's just the word that I want to say. <laughs> I, I don't know where it came from. We found it in a weird place that kind of wasn't anywhere and from a demon. But it's really neat, isn't it? Oh, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, dearie, sit down. And she just ushers you into a seat and somehow materializes a cider, as all the people in this village are capable of doing <laughs> on a moment's notice, presses a mug of like flower-scented cider into your hands, and immediately, like, three other weavers <laughs> are around you. There's a young man with narrow shoulders and bright eyes, and he's just similarly fascinated by this. And they're just like, go on, go on. No, no tell us literally everything. Tell us everything. Uh, which, which everything? Like, literally, literally everything? Which, which literally? Like, so, um, about a month ago. There's a pie in your other hand now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and these stones were just glinting and glimmering and you thought that they were here's another cider and then red was grabbing at the scarf and all of a sudden it was the demon again and this time she was red and she was angry and one of the children has brought you another pie and a cider <laughs> and now there are by the way children present <laughs> and so i'm not sure if this is like maybe part of the demon i don't know but, um, yeah. I think somebody hands you yet another cider and motions to one of the brighter colored scarves in your collection and asks, and what about this one? I think that's where we're going to leave this. Good. Um, so I have one question for Penelope, and that is, what kind of pie does Penelope like best? Rhubarb. Good oh. choice. Mm. So somebody includes rhubarb in their pie and Penelope is all about it. The golden ribbon goes to a rhubarb pie? Yes. Good job. You've done your job as festival queen. Good job. So after the contests and the trials are over and the band has kicked up and started playing more energetic numbers and the lights have started to dim and it's getting toward evening of the first day of the festival and everybody is gathering in the main hall for an enormous feast. At the head of the table, Mayor Jeff has made arrangements. She is flanked on one side by Fulquin and on the other by Daybreak, hmm. who has not participated in any contests because of an awareness that their shape-shifting abilities would make many of the contests unfair. Mm. Mm -hmm. But they have done little shape-shifting tricks to entertain children, seemingly also to terrify them. It can be difficult <laughs> to tell. Rada thinks this is hilarious. <laughs> of course they do. And at some point, um, just as everyone's starting to get ready for the feast, Fulquin manages to slip away from her knight, who is probably laughing at somebody, frankly, and sits down next to you at the pie table. Which, hello. Which pie did you like? Uh, the rhubarb one was my favorite. Oh. Goodness. Rhubarb is too sour for me. Mm. And she kind of makes a face. Cobb just walks by in the background eating a big slice of it. It's good. 
I guess it must be healthy if Mr. Cobbler eats it. Um, I guess. I don't... You know how when kids are little, you tell them to eat things because they'll grow up big and strong? Mm-hmm. Mr. Cobbler kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like the kind of person you point at when you're trying to get a kid to eat vegetables. Hmm. Good point. I can see that. Simon's definitely l- looks up to Cobb, for sure. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something? And you have to not tell anybody. This has to be, you can't tell anybody, especially Rada. Mm. Well, I I mean, I I would like to help, but I I can't Penelope. Mm. I, I, what 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 is it that's what what's on your mind? Um I was thinking about everything that happened. Mm-hmm. About how complicated everything is and I mean I like helping people a lot, but I don't think I'm up for this. And I just... What do you think? You seem to know what's going on around here. What do you think? Oh, well... You're... You're very... You're very kind. I think... I think... It might seem like I I know, but... I think that's everybody in a way, right? We all show confidence on the surface but inside we might not totally always feel that we are prepared for everything um Mm. i think that's just normal and everyone who, who who follows you they trust that they've made a good decision to follow you um so i think that says something too Mm. um i mean i just (laughs) What do you think I should do? There's, there's a lot to this, mm. to all of this, and I have people to help, but there's a lot. When everybody is expecting you to take care of everything, it's a lot. Mm. What do you think I should do? Well. I mean, if you're feeling that things are moving too fast or that you want to take more time to learn, um, mm-hmm. the towns weren't created in one day, right? Right. It's okay to take time. So, just tell everyone I'll be queen later? Um, well, I mean, if if you feel like you would you would like more time, then that's... You shouldn't have to feel forced into anything. That's not fair to you, and... Deep down in in your own heart, where do you feel most comfortable, most happy? Hmm. I want to go on an adventure. I I noticed it when when I saw you guys when we were on the road together. There's a lot of things to see in the world. And Rod is right. Sometimes you can't find the answers at home. And the more you know about the world, the better, right? I want to go. I want to just be in the woods with Rada. And you guys. Or anybody. 
just there's a lot to learn. I want to see it. Mm. I don't want to get put in a castle. I got stuck in a room in the castle earlier, and I hated it. I hated it a lot, Penelope. I okay. I'm veering into Clara here. <laughs> <laughs> not, they're not quite the same person. No, <laughs> one of them is an asshole. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I understand. I mean. Part of my heart always belongs at home, but being out in different parts of the world, you know, is that's something that I I don't know if I could be the same without that. Right. And again, nothing's ever finite. I mean, I'm sure that people would be happy that you want to learn about other parts of the world and it seems like it would be something that would make you feel more uh, fulfilled. Hmm. Thanks, Penelope. I knew you'd know what to do. Oh, no no problem. <laughs> Thank you for talking with me. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go see if Rada's going to take me on an adventure. They seem like the kind of person you can adventure with, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> okay, see you at the banquet. Oh, and, and... Huh? You know, you're always welcome to come with us as well at some point. You know? If you happen to be going the same way. Hmm. That might be nice. Mm. I've never been on a ship. I have to be honest, ships are not my favorite. <laughs> they take some getting oh? used to, like, for, for me. Okay. Uh, Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Now I'll see you at the banquet. Thanks, Penelope. You're you're welcome. And she wanders off. She does pick up a pie. You don't see what kind it is. And she grabs a pair of mugs of cider. And sits back down at her table. Where Vrata kind of immediately starts gesturing wildly. And the time has come for the closing ceremonies. There is a grand feast laid out, a huge portion of which is laid in front of Daybreak, who is just really beaming at the prospect of well, being part of this again. <laughs> your family is all seated nearby. Are you and the rest of the party eating with your family? Yeah, I, th- I think I'd be. Cobb Tissa, I need adaptability tactics rolls, please. If you insist. <laughs> Unless you want to retreat with your food like a wounded animal. <laughs> No, we'll we'll go with that. Cobb has have enough cider to entertain this. One edge success. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was one edge for yes. this. Okay. Uh that was one success, one edge success for Cobb. Okay. So Tizza will be allowed to eat her food. Only at the cost of dumping a fair amount of it on We're gonna say Penelope's dad. <laughs> Well, I guess that's what happens then. <laughs> I was thinking about it, I was like, well, oh man, I really don't want that to happen. Does Tissa care or have the social graces? <laughs> Does Tissa have social graces? <laughs> no, probably not, huh? Probably not. Cobb will get to eat his food only like legitimately at the cost of just like standing up and holding it out of the reach. <laughs> Cobb is 100% going to do that. Okay. (laughs) 
Because I, I could see him like holding the plate above his head while like drinking a cider in his other hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So definitely there's a banquet. Everybody is seated. Fulquin's at the head table, deep in talk in conversation with Rada. Daybreak is talking to Mayor Jeff. And they seem to be weirdly enjoying each other's company. Daybreak is just shoveling food into their mouth. Everybody is eating more or less correctly, with the exception of your corner of the table, which is a whirlwind of terrible behavior. And there is a huge man and he is standing and he's holding the food above his head, desperately trying to keep it out of the reach of several smaller eager people. And Tissa in a sweeping move meant to get your plate out of the way of Abigail does throw a, just a plateful of food directly into the lap of Gregory Hunter, who gives a little bit of a sigh, but you get the feeling this isn't the first time this has happened to him at the dinner table. Nope. Well, so then Tissa loses the rest of her food because, like, about a minute later, she realizes what happened and casts, well, I don't know. What do you think Lively Respite would do in terms of either, like, being able to help clean? Well, I don't, you haven't given us words, but I think that Lively is probably here. Yeah, I, I, I'd absolutely allow that. I think what Lively Respite would do would get everybody to calm the hell down <laughs> so that you guys can eat. And Mr. Hunter can like clean himself up and get another plate without having to worry about being assailed. Well, I can't think of anything good would happen from using the word searing. So we're going to go with that. Okay. I like that. And just for a brief moment, everybody calms the ever living hell down. (sighs) And um, there's a clinking uh, on the glass. And uh, Rada stands up at the head table and they make a sweeping gesture and throw their dark hair over their shoulder and say, everybody, we have an announcement. We're bailing. You're not cool enough for this kingdom anyway. Peace. And then grabs Fulquin by the shoulder and they just both bolt. Bye. Have fun. Keep in touch. Bye. We will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, that's amazing. (sighs) Mayor Jeff just blinks, but... Looks looks back at Daybreak. Daybreak shrugs. <laughs> like, how is Daybreak supposed to know what's going on? <laughs> Mr. Hunter is just like, well, that's Rada. Cobb takes a long sip of his cider and just kind of goes, as kids are all right. That's <laughs> <laughs> our, our Rada. And so the last day of the festival winds down. And... Uh, another successful Golden Dragon Festival. I would argue the most successful Golden Dragon Festival in many years, since it is the first in your lifetime and in your father's lifetime even to feature the actual Golden Dragon, Mm -hmm. who winds up the night giving rides to children on their serpentine body through the streets. Oh. And how long does Penelope and how long do Cobb and Tissa stay in Northridge? After the festival. I mean, Cobb is a little antsy to get back to see, but uh, he'll wait for Penelope. I did say to Marcus that this would be a detour, but it didn't mean for it to be too, too long because there is other things we do need to attend to. We've been here for 
a little under a week has it been? It's been several days, right? It's been uh, three days, if I remember right. Okay. So maybe the next day, just spend the day helping, like, clean up after the festival and spending time with family and people in the village and, you know, yeah. properly saying goodbye again and actually making promises to write that I'm actually going to try to keep. <laughs> <laughs> I think on the last day, your brothers are doing some chores and Simon recognizes that you guys are leaving. And let me just roll some dice here. Oh, neither of those are successes. So um, he sees that you guys are leaving and his eyes kind of light on Cobb and Tissa. And he uh, suddenly clutches his arm and goes, oh, ah, ow, 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 I've injured myself. Ow. Oh, 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 Simon, let me, let me, let me take a look. Um, somebody, somebody, please help. Somebody, please help with all of this hay. All of, it all hurts. of it. Oh, I see. My arm Let hurts. me, let me see here. I'm going to roll understanding medicine. Um... <laughs> I'm going to roll understanding medicine on this little little injury here. Oh, actually, I did poor, very poorly. <laughs> One edge success. He seems like it hurts. He seems like his arm hurts. <laughs> One edge, let's see. Um, Looks like we're going to have to set the bone. <laughs> if you keep the edge success, you're going to run the risk of actually hurting him. Ooh. Oh, no, I don't want to. So, yeah, you think he's actually hurt. Oh my goodness, did you strain something? Oh, I think, yeah, I think I did hurt. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, for sure. Oh dear. Yeah, Penny, Penny, oh, Penny, it hurts. Penny. Here, let me, let me. I know you're leaving. I know you're leaving, but can you guys help? Can you help with all this, all of this hay? Yes, there's lots, lots of pain. Let me, let me get you some, some, uh, some ice. I'll go over to the ice box. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Penny. Mm -hmm. You're a good big sister. You're my favorite big sister. Aw, you're my favorites, all of you, all my favorites. Do you like me better than Jules? Um, I, I don't like anyone better than anyone. You're all my amazing, amazing siblings. My arm hurts. Oh. And I know, I'm going to get you some ice. Okay. I think what I really need is some rest. Hmm. I think I need that. This let's let's get let's get you to your to your room. Red, red, where yeah. red, where do where do you get ice? The ice box. It, it, does the ice come from the ice box? Yeah, we um I was about to say what are the spell pieces around here, but I don't think any of us uh have ice powers. I think though that's uh Yeah. That's arcanists. Yeah. Mm? I have restoring. But no, I think I think what I really need is just some rest. Don't go out of your don't go out of your way, Penny. Penny, don't go out of your way. Just there's so much hay. Here <laughs> <laughs> you you rest up and I can finish off this. Great. Thanks, Penny. You're the best. And he wanders off. And Cobb just kind of looks at Penelope. It, well, all right, come on, let's go. Mm. Cobb just kind of sighs. <laughs> Penelope finishes off the bailing the hay and washes up and 
<laughs> gets ready for the night. And when it comes time for you guys to leave Northridge, I think uh, Penelope, your father is, well, I mean, your whole family is waiting to see you off, but your father's got, he's got something for you. He hands you a book, the history book that you uh, pilfered. Oh. <laughs> and she says, so you don't, so you don't forget home. Oh, well, thank you. I... We're all very proud of you, Penny. Oh, well, I, I'm i very proud of, of, of all of you and from being part of, of this family and this village. And I don't think I ever could forget home. Good. Come see us soon. I will. I'll, I'll make sure to, to, I'll make sure don't to write. Don't forget to write. Penelope, don't forget to write. Penelope, Penelope, don't forget to write. Penelope. I'll make sure to write. Penelope. I will. Right? Cobb, Tissa, right. You'll, you'll, you'll help me remember too, right? Cobb gives a big old thumbs up. Tissa sort of like is staring off into the middle distance, like thinking about really, really intently. Is this something that I am capable of doing? thank you both for looking after Penelope Um, please continue to do so Mm. and eventually you guys finish saying your goodbyes and uh, head back to the Westbreaker your family is very nice Penelope but I, I have to admit I am it's nice to be back well not yet but it's nice to be back at sea Hmm. You feel about the prairies as I feel about about the insides of ships. A little bit claustrophobic, no? It takes some getting used to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, big guy, um, if it's not the sea, is there a home for you? A long time ago, I lived on, uh, I lived in a port town. Hmm. A little south of, of Stageport. Uh, nothing too fancy, though. But these days, mm. no, we're we're already home for me. But hey, welcome home, jerks. Hey, Clara. Clara. Hey, Mander. Sot. What kind of flowers did you put on Sot's sword? Um. In the end, I did settle for snapdragons. He said he wanted something cool. We met a dragon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, they were kind of a jerk. Mm-mm. I wouldn't say they... But we, we worked it out. They were just following people their... people are kind of jerks. They were all eating... Uh, eating livestock without asking. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't ask livestock if we're going to eat them. That's a good point. Really makes you think, mm-hmm. huh? Wow. I missed you guys. <laughs> so did the commander don't let him know I said that. <laughs> we bought some apples. We got some very fun apple juice. Oh. Yeah, we're all provisioned up. Yeah, do you think you can do anything with all of these, by the way? And Cobb, like, busts out all of the weird little fruit that he got. Um, I'm an engineer. <laughs> Cobb just, like, throws a bunch of the fruit down with Clarice. Hey, hey Cobb. I'm an engineer. These are fruits. You've, you've never run a still. I know how to build a still. Okay, I'll make you a still. We're gonna 
We're going to make some weird fruit schnapps, you and me. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Clara. And, and Cobb kind of just like... No, he, I, no he, he's not going to pat her on the head. That's a little too patronizing. He's not going to be that big a jerk. <laughs> just don't tell the commander. I had to really whine to get him to buy the cider. <laughs> <laughs> but we got... Uh, and Cobb, like, heads back over and kind of kicks up in the ship. Why do we keep running into these, these people? What is it with us? Well, you're kind of a busybody. Well, I tend to follow the busiest of them. <laughs> Everybody turns to look at Penelope. Mm. I guess I can be sometimes. And she kind of blushes and... No, nah, it's not you. I'm... And Cobb just kind of... gets a little quiet for a moment and then... I don't know. It's just not how the captain would have done it. And Cobb is sort of like... Uh-huh. absent-mindedly, like... resting his hand on the second sword he wears on his belt. How well, the captain would have done what, Cobb? Captain, captain never did like folks lording over others. Mm. Mm. Have I? And Cobb just kind of looks at everybody. Have I not told any anybody of about? No, no, I don't think so. You you look whenever you say the word captain, you kind of look like distant for a while. Yeah, kind of like how how when Augustine talks to you. Yeah. Mm. And every time the topic comes up of your last ship, you and the commander just look kind of wistful and stare into the middle distance for a while. Oh. And then he shakes his head and drinks. Hmm. Well, that was that was something between, uh, yes, on the last ship of Marcus and I, but on my old ship, and Cobb kind of looks around. Tell you what. Don't tell Marcus this, because I know, I know it'll greatly upset him. We have a lot of things not to tell the commander. But I'll tell you about my time on the Darling Beatrice under my captain, Francis Stageport. And Cobb kind of looks around, or as they called him out at sea, Captain Redcloak. Oh. I think that's actually a really good place for me to say it's memory time. Yeah. <laughs> Cobb's having his own personal memory time. And now it's time for us, the real physical people, to have our memory times. I think I liked having to fight for food. That was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you won this time. That, <laughs> I really liked that scene. That was a nice, fun little like capstone to the Hunter family food <laughs> poaching. Yeah. <laughs> I also liked that, actually. Um, and I liked how Cobb was able to keep his food. I liked Tissa having to actually cast a calming spell to like <laughs> settle settle it down so you know, Gregory had some time to like tidy himself up. And I'm going to I'm actually going to give my memory point to uh Cobb this time for protecting his food. Yay. <laughs> food point, meal point. <laughs> what about you, Kathleen? Uh, I liked the collaboration on a couple of the scenes where we all collaborated to build the things like the, the Tissa getting dragged into a story or some of the various things that Cobb got up to during the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really liked those as well. I found them very sweet. Um, 
I have a question for you, Kat. What up? So, like, obviously, the this one was about subverting our expectations that we were going to go do a dungeon crawl. But were there things that we could have done where we could have ended up fighting something? This one I wasn't actually intending to do combat with because I'd kind of settled on a creature that you guys probably couldn't fight. Right. So this one I did just want to give Penelope a chance to think with her brain. I think yeah. that was the... Mm. The primary goal that Kirsten stated for Penelope was to learn to look before she leapt. And I think she really accomplished that. But I was like, I, I'm not sure if fighting alone is going to accomplish teaching Penelope to think with her brain. Right. Think, uh, yeah. Just a little bit of intrigue. And um, I actually really liked your answer to Fulquin because like as GM, I was just like, honestly, what Penelope says is going to become canon. <laughs> oh, Okay. So what's become canon is that she's decided that she's going to spend some time on the road before taking up any kind of responsibility to anybody. I liked Rada being like, hey, peace out. <laughs> We're going on the road. And off they ran. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, seems about right. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Seems that was legit. It was also kind of cute that uh, Daybreak ended up being a people person after all. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like once a year will be enough for them, but like... Once a year attention. They certainly got something out of the, uh, I guess, primarily the attention, huh? <laughs> attention and the food. And this arc was primarily about food. It was. Yeah, when, I, when you think, when you come down to it. So thank you guys for playing with me. Oh, thank you. Thanks for leading the game. This was a very cozy wrap up. Hmm. It was. I promise Cobb's arc is going to have a lot more peril in it. I realize kind of like Penelope's arc is very, very cozy, but we're going to have peril. We're, there's going to be real peril, I promise. Mm. Thank you, audience, for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. Tell us your stories. Tell us your memories. I remember the time I was saying that, but Kirsten did instead. Oh. <laughs> Just now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kirsten... Why is it that whenever I'm dunking on you, you apologize to me? <laughs> like, are you trying to make me feel guilty? Because I'm beyond guilt. <laughs> no, that's just Kirsten sandbagging your dunking. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Be like a stone in the stream. <laughs> Be like the sand in the bed. <laughs> so, audience, if you'd like to share your memories with us, you can visit peachgardengames.com and use the email form on the website. Or you can reach us at peachgardenrpgs on Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, tell us your greatest stories of getting sandbagged. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us about a time that you turned your back on a life of royalty to run off with a dashing knight. It's a good choice. I would recommend that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Nick always recommends turning your back on any form of government. Royalty especially. I'm not a royalist. Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. No, feudalism's no good. <laughs> That's no good. Okay, good night, everybody. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.